Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the topics of security, technology, society, and human meaning. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that curates tens of hours of reading into a concise 15-minute summary, as well as regular episodes featuring essays, interviews, and book reviews on these same topics. The goal is to provide a weekly, concise, and curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 307. This is Daniel Meisler, starting off with security news. An official FBI email server was hacked and used to send a fake threat email. The email had multiple spelling mistakes and was obviously fake upon significant inspection. But the problem is that it passed SPF and DKIM checks, meaning it was sent from an actual FBI server. A new piece of open source malware written in Go called Botanago can exploit more than 30 different vulnerabilities in routers and IoT devices. Once installed, it works by listening for targets either locally or on port 19,412. China has built mock-ups of a U.S. Navy aircraft carrier and two other warships to use as missile target practice in the Taklamakan Desert. Security vendor Rendori is in trouble because they had a working exploit for the PanOS vulnerability that came out recently. It was a 9.8 severity on CVSS. And they've had this vulnerability for months and have actually been using it for red team engagements. BlackBerry has found information on an information access broker, IAB, linked to three different hacker groups. Initial access brokers are a pretty cool part of the attacker ecosystem. They essentially manage the initial access to companies, systems, and networks all over the world. They work by getting access themselves, and then they auction that access to other groups on the dark web. And a study on this ecosystem in August showed that the average cost for access going back a year from July, roughly, was $5,400. North Korean attackers are using malicious blogspot blogs to deliver malware to high-profile South Korean targets in the think tank space. China is growing a massive army of hackers, and they will not be criminals. They'll be state-sanctioned professionals. And that should frighten all of us, really, except for China. Costco says a data skimmer has been stealing data from customers. HPE says customer data was compromised in an Aruba data breach. CISA has released an advisory on multiple vulnerabilities in Siemens' Nucleus real-time operating system. Samba's released multiple security updates. SAP has patched a critical vulnerability in the ABOP platform kernel. 14 new vulnerabilities were discovered in BusyBox. Zoom has patched high-risk issues in Meeting Connector and Keybase. Palo Alto patches a CVSS 9.8 vulnerability in Global Protect, which is the same one that Rendori got in trouble for weaponizing. Adobe has released updates for multiple products. VMware has released an advisory on privilege escalation vulnerability in vCenter server. And McAfee is going private in a $14 billion private equity deal, and Jetpack has acquired WPScan, which is a web scanner for WordPress. Technology news, Seoul is going to be the first major city in the metaverse. My question upon hearing this is, cool, which one? You know, which metaverse are we talking about here? And the answer is their own. They're going to build their own metaverse, and they're going to put Seoul in that metaverse. I think that's the trick with these metaverses. They only work well if you have a clear big winner 
that everyone flocks to, or if they're actually interoperable with each other. And in most cases, they won't be. So what we'll end up with, at least at first, is a bunch of really small metaverses with a limited number of users. I think what people really imagine when they think of a metaverse is what you see in Ready Player One, which of course is an instance of the first version of this, which is where a massive company wins the game for market share and they become the one thing. Like the internet. There's only one internet. There's actually multiple, but there's like internet too and there's other networks. But in general, there aren't competing internets. And the same thing is going to need to be true for the metaverse for it to be really successful. And obviously everyone's trying to be that one platform, most especially Facebook, now Meta. 23andMe CEO says she wants to make better drugs using insights from her company's millions of DNA samples. A lot of people are surprised about this, but I think they've kind of been talking about this for a long time. And uh, I'm not too worried about this. I'm more worried about the fact that China probably has the whole database. AMC now lets you buy movie tickets with Bitcoin. Digital art images are not actually stored on the blockchain. This is something a lot of people don't know. If you were to store a 500 kilobyte file on the Ethereum blockchain, it would cost around $20,000 if the cost of Bitcoin was like $4,000. So what's stored instead is actually a URI pointing to the image, which is a huge difference, especially since you can change what's actually at that URI. Someone has to have already thought of storing the UI plus a hash of what was there at the time of the creation. I'm sure that's probably already part of the spec, although I haven't seen any hashes stored in this way for the actual image URIs. But it's an interesting point. It's not like the image itself is actually there. It's just a URL. That's all it is. Rivian had an amazing IPO, rising 29% on Wednesday and then 22% on Thursday. And on Thursday, it closed at $122 after opening at only $78. I think that was the first day. So I'm not watching this whole Rivian space super closely, but I can't help but feel like a lot of the hype going into Rivian is coming from people who felt like they missed the Tesla boat. And so they want to make sure they don't miss this one. But there's no guarantee whatsoever that Rivian is another Tesla. And Twitter is building a crypto team along with a lot of other companies. So it feels like crypto got super hyped and then everyone was like kind of over it for a few months and now everyone's jumping back in. Human news. A new class of drug has reversed paralysis in mice. I don't normally post these types of stories because one, they're about mice and two, there are lots of interesting studies that don't end up being very practical. This one looks pretty spectacular. They cut the spines of these mice. They waited 24 hours because that's how long it often takes for someone to have a spine injury to get treated. And then they gave the treatment, which was basically injecting this gel that contained this uh, magic new stuff inside. So the gel was basically a delivery mechanism. And they waited four weeks. And after four weeks, all the mice who got the treatment were able to walk almost as good as before their spines were cut. And none of the mice who didn't get the treatment were able to do that. So that is pretty remarkable. Hiring is way up in North America, or at least for robots. Factories and other industrial customers ordered 29,000 robots, which is 37% more than the same time last year. Cool. So more and more people are leaving the job market, and meanwhile, we're hiring more robots. Everything seems perfectly on schedule. 
CNN has a story of a nine-year-old girl being sold to a 55-year-old man in Afghanistan. Sold. A nine-year-old girl being sold to a man. So I thought this was just like a regular story where something they heard about and they researched it because they're reporters and they verified it. And so that's the story. But actually they filmed this. As the man showed up, paid the father $2,000 and took this girl away. So I get that this type of thing is legal in Afghanistan, but I don't see how legality makes it okay to watch a nine-year-old girl be taken away to be raped by an old man. And I don't normally post such heavy stuff as this, but this is both disturbing and very strange to me. Are we so invested in multiculturalism that this can be considered okay to somebody? Different cultures have different views. Is that a serious defense here to anyone? She's nine years old. Do we not have the moral authority to call this what it is? And if you do claim that authority, why not pay the $2,000 and keep this from happening? I know it can be hard to be a war correspondent and not interfere, but this seems way beyond that, in my opinion. I don't know how one is supposed to hold a camera and be objective about this and see this nine-year-old girl just like taken away, sold by her father to a 55-year-old man. Yeah, very disturbing story. Los Angeles and San Diego are looking to stop strict grading on things like turning in assignments and taking tests, you know, school things. And they're moving to more citizenship scoring, which factors in things like physical fitness and extracurricular activity. This is completely ridiculous. And the only thing it's doing is guaranteeing that the ambitious parents and students will either, one, have tutors, Two, go to supplemental schooling outside of school, also tutors. Or three, we'll leave the public schools altogether and just go to a private school. This type of education is basically creating a giant American underclass that will end up serving food to the first and second generation immigrant students who will still value actual education. And that's the irony here. I'm sure you could ask any administrator in these school districts about income inequality, and they could tell you all about it. But what they can't see is how they're actually creating it live with these policies. America now has 520 million open credit card accounts, which is the most ever, and household debt is at $15 trillion. There's a political gap in the number of people who have died of COVID, and the gap is spreading. In October, 25 out of every 100,000 residents of heavily Trump counties died from COVID. And that is more than three times higher than the rate in heavily Biden counties, which was 7.8 per 100,000. And perhaps that gets a little bit to the question that we asked last episode about why Florida currently looks so clean. Could be that just a lot of people actually have died and the rest of them have some natural immunity. Content ideas and analysis. Degrees and credentials in InfoSec. My thoughts on the never ending debate around whether you need credentials to get into information security. Definitely recommend you read that one. Quantum computing versus blockchain and crypto. People are starting to talk more about the risk of quantum computing to blockchain and cryptocurrency. It's been a known risk for a very long time, but now that crypto is becoming this massive force in our economy, people are starting to take more notice. I think the summary is basically this. One, quantum computers keep getting better. Two, we're not sure if or when They'll get good enough to attack our current public key cryptography. 
but it could be very short. It could be two years. It could be 10 years, which is very fast. Three, if that happens, whatever economy is based on cryptography could suffer a hard crash. And four, there are ways for blockchain and other cryptography implementations to become more resistant to quantum computing. And the U.S. government has been working on this for a very long time. But making those changes will also take time and could have other performance limitations. In short, this whole thing is something to watch, but I wouldn't panic just yet. Next story here, COVID winter. So I'm not an expert in this stuff, and I've not been watching super closely, so take this for what you will. But I absolutely expect to see another COVID surge in December and January based on a few factors. And again, not been watching super close, but number one, resistance from vaccines is tapering off quickly with people with two shots of Moderna having around 58% effectiveness of the vaccine after six months. So that's, that's a massive drop off. And that's currently where I'm sitting. I'm sitting at 58% effectiveness on average. For most people, that's October. Essentially, that's six months, which of course uh, just passed. So I'm, I'm around there or less. Two, people are very tired of being restricted, and they're likely to behave very pre-pandemic-like during these holidays. And three, I worry that relatively few people are going to get boosters until the surge is already going strong, say around January or February, or hell, even March. So this thing is not over, and the points above don't even account for new variants. But the good news here is that there are more antiviral pills that are coming out. So hopefully, even if the surge happens, there will be fewer deaths as a result. So that's a bright side to it. But I definitely think our numbers are going to be shooting up in the next couple of months. And again, that's just a prediction. My layperson advice here is get a booster and only hang out with large groups of people outside. That's what I'm going to be doing. Notes. My friend Angela, who also happens to be the UL Manager of Sponsorships and Marketing, has a remarkable daughter named Hope. She recently decided she wanted to make a play, so she rewrote an adaptation of Midsummer Night's Dream. That would have been impressive by itself, trying to rewrite a, a remake of a play. But she decided to produce and direct the play as well. That means finding sponsors, managing expenses, finding actors, holding practices, as well as managing all the logistics that go with such a thing. Oh, and she also acted in it. I wasn't actually able to attend, but I hear the play was well-received. And here's the incredible part. She is 15 years old. 15 years old, she rewrote a play, directed and produced it, and performed in it, and actually executed. They actually really did it, and people enjoyed it. So, congrats to Hope and to her parents for raising such a remarkable human. I started having athletic greens every morning, along with my coffee. Actually getting ready to do that now. And I'm not affiliated with them, but if you sign up using my referral code, you'll get five free travel packs, and I'll get like $15 off my next purchase, I think. Basically treat athletic greens as my vitamins. Since I don't eat breakfast or lunch most days, it ends up basically being my only air quotes, food until dinner. And I've got a code here in the newsletter. And I think I found my favorite DJ ever. He's on TikTok and his name is GTA Changureta. He's disabled and restricted to the bed. So he's like lying in the bed. You can see all the machines around him and everything. But 
he controls his set using one hand on his machine and he talks some through it. He sings some through it. Uh, he does classic DJ intros and that sort of thing. But he plays the exact type of EDM that I like. Plus, he speaks Spanish and plays a lot of reggaeton, which I like. So, if you're into any of this and you have a way to enjoy TikTok safely, you should check him out. I like listening to him live, actually, and going driving. Great hype music. And I signed up for Twitter Blue. Not sure there's too much benefit right now looking at the current features, but I like the idea of subscriptions and I want them to be successful and keep rolling out new functionality. I think currently the main draws are the undo feature and the ad-free article viewing. So, been on that for a couple of days. We'll see how it goes. Discovery. If your company is interested in sponsoring an episode of Unsupervised Learning, please reach out to us at sponsorship at unsupervised-learning.com. Sponsorship at unsupervised-learning.com. And that brings us to this week's sponsor discovery, Security Incident Containment with Teleport. Teleport allows you to control the traffic going in and out of a system, giving you the ability to quickly contain lateral movements and prevent further infection propagation due to compromised access. When your infrastructure access is managed by a uniform layer with only one way in and one way out, it becomes super easy to contain a threat. I have not used this software yet. I want to mess with it. It seems super interesting. I love the idea of one way in and one way out. And basically being able to just turn off hosts and make sure they're not being used to further compromise the network. 10 Steps Towards Happiness, Burning Man, the musical. In this musical comedy, we follow Molly, a promising young tech grad, as she returns to the play of Black Rock City, this time employed by the very tech company that, unbeknownst to her, seeks to destroy it. After being given the task of acquiring drugs for her boss's exclusive party, Molly finds herself on a journey inward and through the community of Burning Man, finds her to itself. My friend Clint saw this over the weekend and said it was really cool. So I want to give a shout out to it. Got here an interesting argument that writer's block is a problem with sincerity, not a problem with technique. Got a bake off between the iPhone 13 Pro and Pixel 6 Pro cameras using 2,000 different photos. Binary reversing methodologies. Simple SSH security, a collection of steps to lock down your SSH instances. Drawn, make JSON grippable by Tom Nom Nom. Fast Google Dork Scan by Ivan Glinkick. APIs for OSINT, a collection of APIs for use in automating your OSINT workflows by Cypher387. And Quiet Riot, an enumeration tool for validation of AWS account IDs, root emails, users, roles, and more by Righteous Gambit. Very cool username. Recommendations. Sam Harris just had a spectacular podcast this week about sleep. It's a four-hour conversation that's completely approachable at 1.5x. And it's so dense with knowledge and insights, I don't think you'll actually mind the duration of it. It's funny, my entire peer group right now is getting more and more obsessed with sleep. And between this podcast and podcasts like the Huberman Lab, I'm getting a single message. Sleep is crucial to success, happiness, and long-term health. So now I'm about to go crazy with my optimization of sleep from diet to caffeine to smart home temperature setting for bedtime and wake time, etc. And when I finally publish my new personal routines in GitHub, which I've been working on, I'm going to have a full section on sleep annotated 
with where I learned which piece of the methodology. So yeah, anyway, sleep. This is a great podcast to get you enthused. Also, a ton of us in the UL community are big into our aura rings, which I'm not affiliated with. Otherwise, I wouldn't mention that. And a few of us have our new aura rings on the way. So if you get into sleep, I highly recommend you get one. Oh, and this podcast, Sam had this guy on. Turns out Sam and this guy are also associated with Aura. So Aura is kicking ass on the marketing stuff because evidently they're both involved. He did mention that the efficacy of these rings is around 70 to 75% and that he's shooting to get them. This is the guest I'm talking about is like one of the main research people associated with aura he said he's trying to get it up to like 80 85 percent and eventually to like 90 percent but from what i could get from the comments that he made about the ring it looks like the efficacy compared to his lab he has got a full sleep lab at uc berkeley and he said compared to that these things are probably giving you like 75 percent accuracy 70 to 75 percent maybe 80 percent which I thought it was pretty good. And I thought it was really cool that he was honest that it wasn't as good as his stuff. But you would expect that. I mean, you're going to get a different experience and higher quality if you are in a sleep lab at UC Berkeley with a bunch of stuff strapped to your head. So it makes total sense. Anyway, sleep. If you've been thinking about it, you definitely need to listen to this episode. In the aphorism of the week. The sole cause of man's unhappiness is that he does not know how to stay quietly in his room. The sole cause of man's unhappiness is that he does not know how to stay quietly in his room. Plutarch. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you're a member, I want to thank you for being a member. Really appreciate it. And if you're not yet a member, please become one at danielmeister.com slash subscribe. We'll see you next time.